thank you for tuning in to the Restaurant Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, TK. Today's episode is about delegation, how to effectively delegate. I've got about nine tips here for you. And uh, why is it so important? Uh, It's a very easily learned skill, but it's probably one of the most complex, uh, especially with new leaders. You know, it's really difficult for most people to give up uh, any type of responsibility, especially in a new role. But it is extraordinarily important to delegate tasks to your team to create high performing operators. Stay tuned. Hi, happy Tuesday, y'all. Let's talk about some delegation. What is delegation and why is it so important? Delegation is assigning responsibilities to your subordinates and to your direct reports in order to improve their skills as leaders. Why is this such a difficult thing to implement in already established restaurants? Let's take example A. Example A, you have a GM who has been in position for 15 years. They've, uh, you know, cycled through managers and right now they're doing everything by themselves. Their managers are running shifts. The GM is conducting grocery orders, inventory, performance reviews, hiring, interviewing, training. I mean, there's only so much you could do. And I want to look at two, two things here. One, is why do you think example A, GM, has gone through so many managers in the last few years? And the answer to that is because they don't trust their people enough. And when you don't trust your people enough, you're very unwilling to give up the things that are already going okay. Now, some people call this character flaw. Um, that can't be taught, but I think it can. And I think the really cool thing about it is once that light bulb turns on about one, how much less stress the GM has to deal with, but two, seeing their people develop. And I think most GMs are afraid of having to deal with the mistakes that come along with teaching somebody a new skill, such as inventory, right? GMA with 15 years of experience, they can do inventory in their sleep and have zero misses. New shift manager, they may take about two, three, four hours to do their first one. And even with that, they may still miss a few items. They may miscalculate. They may not, you know, remember that sugar is kept in two places, you know. Um, They're going to make those mistakes. And I think most GMs don't want to just deal with it. And in turn, it, it really negatively affects the total morale of the management team. And you, you aren't creating a growth culture. You're just running shifts. And while that's all fine and dandy, at the end of the day, you probably don't want to be stressed as a GM all the time. And somebody who has all the responsibilities of a restaurant, they're working 80, 90 hours a week just to get that done. Now, let's look at GMB. GMB has been in position for seven years. 
He's promoted several shift managers to assistants. Several assistants have their own restaurants now. And he's working 42, 44 hours a week. Now, the thing that GMB is really good at is teaching and developing. He's made it very clear from the start of their hire that, yes, they are a shift manager, but any manager in his circle has got to be focused on their own personal development, their career, and becoming a better person in general. So he's made it clear from the start he's going to be giving out responsibilities, you know, three months in, six months in, nine months in. He's very strategic. His life compared to GMA, whose life is stressful. They hardly have time for their children. They're starting to resent their job, and they don't know how to get out of it. Well, they do know how. They just don't want to accept it. So with those two GM examples, I want you to keep that in mind. Let's dive into uh, some more reasons why managers may shy away from this, and then we'll talk about how to actually do it effectively. Um, they might think it would take longer to explain the task than actually completing it themselves, which, yes. The next reason is maybe they want to feel indispensable to their team by being the keeper of specific knowledge. And if you guys remember... Um, I think it was episode four or three, uh, the five types of power. That secret sixth one was the information keeper. And this person never creates a growth culture for their team, for their own ego. Uh, next reason, enjoying, uh, they enjoy completing certain projects. So they prefer not to reassign them. They may feel guilty about adding more work onto another employee's to-do list. This is a big one. They may have a lack of confidence or trust in who they need to transfer the project to. And lastly, they believe they're the only ones who can do the job right. Now, whatever the reason may be, it's important to continue fine-tuning that skill. Um, refusing to delegate these can have negative con they will have negative consequences. Uh, like I said, not only will you overload your schedule, you'll also start prioritizing the wrong tasks, but your employees will miss out on a valuable learning and growth opportunity. And in my opinion, as a general manager, your role is to develop your people, first and foremost. It is not your responsibility to do inventory. It's not your responsibility to do grocery order. It's your responsibility to make sure it gets done. Remember that. Many of you may be stuck in your current position and you feel like the weight of the world's on your shoulders and you have no help, but you also feel like you're the only person that can do it. Let me tell you this story. Uh, it was probably about four years ago. Um, I, I gave a responsibility of reorganizing the inventory walkthrough to a shift manager. Now, they've done several, several inventories with me, and it needed to be restructured. You know, things move around. Uh, we did a complete remodel, and I just handed it off to her, and I said, I need you to get this done by next Friday. Can you do that? And at first, 
she was really taken aback. She didn't really want to. She was scared she might mess up. And I had to reassure her, you know, I believe in you. This is an easy task. I think you can do it. It's going to take you a few hours. And that's okay. You can take time whenever you need to. Me instilling the confidence in her led her to not only one, restructure the inventory walkthrough exactly as I needed it to be, but number two, she wanted to start doing the inventory because now she felt like she was a part and she wanted to become a bigger part of the circle. And so I did. And she did inventory for two years until she got her own restaurant. Now, let's talk about why it's important. And I, I think, you know, the reasons why people don't want to give it, may shy away from delegating the work, also ties into why it's important to do that. So from a management perspective, okay, delegation it refers to the transfer of responsibility for specific tasks from one person to another, period. That's a very simple definition. You tell someone what to do. You basically give your responsibility to them. Now, from a management perspective, delegation occurs when a manager assigns specific tasks to their employees, but by delegating the, those tasks to team members, get this, you free up time to focus on higher value activities while also keeping employees engaged with greater autonomy. Uh, now, according to the study, um, CEOs who excel in delegating generate 33% higher revenue. And this goes with managers as well. Even a shift manager. If you have a high-performing employee who's maybe a trainer, delegate some stuff to them. You know, have them create the cleaning list. Have them do the pre-shift. And that frees up your time to maybe go do a line check or maybe to, you know, do some prep around the store to get it ready for rush. Now, the executives who excel in delegating, they know they can't accomplish everything alone, and they strategically position their team to tackle tasks they're confident they'll achieve. And in turn, you empower them, you boost their morale, you increase productivity. In the process, like I said before, you free up your time to focus on activities that will yield the highest returns and grow the company. There is a reason that you are a manager or a leader of your area. The reason is not to go in and to run shifts. That's why we hire shift managers. Your role is to ensure your employees are happy, ensure that your guests are happy, and ensure that your bottom line is happy. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what this is about. It's about making money, it's about being profitable, and it's about performing at a high level. Now, here's some tips. Um, I got nine of them for you. One is uh, know what to delegate. And I think this is important as a number one because not every task can be delegated. Now, for example, performance reviews or personnel matters, they should probably be handled by you, the GM. Um, hiring the right talent and knowing each employee's strengths and weaknesses will ultimately make you better at assigning deliverables and transferring responsibility to the appropriate team members. Now, several other you know activities that don't really require your oversight, um, 
some questions to ask yourself before you start delegating these is, is, is there a task that you regularly tackle despite knowing that your employee or coworker is better equipped to complete it? Everybody has different strengths and weaknesses. And it's very naive if you think that you're the best at everything because you're not. I guarantee one of your assistant managers are probably better at one task than you are. And that's okay. That's fine. It doesn't make you any less of a leader. In fact, it makes you a stronger one to admit that. And you don't have to tell them that. But <laughs> uh, Number two, second question is, would assigning the project to other employees help bolster their careers? If there's someone who could do the work better, or if you think this could be a teachable moment, delegate the task. It's going to be worth the extra two minutes. It's going to be worth the extra 15 minutes at the end of the day to review it. It's going to show you that it's going to project that you trust and value your team. And it's also going to give you time to focus on more strategic projects. Second tip, guys, play to your employees' strengths and goals. Every employee has goals. And I'm going to do uh, an episode about check-ins maybe maybe in January. I may get to it in January. Um, but it's important for you to take time out of every day. Well, maybe not every day. Take time once a month minimum. Spend five minutes with, you, with each employee. Figure out what their goals are. What are they working towards? If they're working to become the best dishwasher in the state, help them be it, you know? If somebody wants to be, somebody may tell you they want to be a manager in a few years, and that may catch you off guard because you had no idea, because you didn't ask before. Everybody has goals, and within those goals are opportunities to get, to delegate. So, uh, for example, like I said, if somebody wants to gain management experience, it, can they shadow you in a pre-shift? Um, can they see what really happens behind the doors? You're not just sitting around on the computer. You're actually pulling reports and looking at numbers. Even if they don't understand it, start giving them a part of it. It's going to increase their uh, excitability about that position, and it's going to also increase their morale because they now feel that you trust them for them to shadow you during those things. So third tip. Define the, de the desired outcome. So you can't simply say, hey, I need you to do this inventory. Give them some pretext, okay? When you hand that off, make it very clear what you're expecting. Simply just dumping that work onto someone else's plate isn't delegating. Delegating is teaching that person the right way and letting them know very clearly what your expectations are. So you've got to have a real clarity of the objective. And that includes having alignment on, you know, what is what does good look like? And by what time do you want it done? Right? So I always preface that when I delegate new, completely new tasks to new managers, hey, you're gonna make a mistake. You may make a few, it's fine. And it's going to take you a lot longer than it takes me to do. But again, that's okay. I know it's going to take that long. As long as you know, this is what it should look like. You should have max three mistakes on the final inventory. And if you do, 
have more, go back and check and see why. Recount. And if you can't figure out from there, come and get me. Uh, tip number four, provide the right resources and level of authority. If the person that you're delegating work to needs specific training, resources, or authority to complete the assigned project, it is your role to provide all three of those. Remember that specific training, that's resources, or authority. Setting someone up for an impossible task will do the opposite of what you're trying to accomplish. It'll just frustrate both of you. They're not going to be able to complete the desired outcome, and you'll likely need to put that work back on your to-do list. So it's worth your while to provide specific training, give them anything they need, and let's say, for example, they may be running a pre-shift. Announce it. Hey, guys, Shirley today is going to lead the pre-shift. I need you to listen to her. I need you to treat her with the same respect that you treat me. Take it away. Boom. Now, this is the point where you need to fight the urge to micromanage your person. Telling your coworker step-by-step step how you would accomplish the task and then controlling each of those steps, it's not going to enable them the freedom to learn or gain any new skills. Instead, focus on what the desired end goal is, why it's important, and just help address any gaps that may happen um, due to their you know, current skill or their outcome. Okay, guys, fifth tip. Fifth tip. That sounded weird. Uh, establish a clear communication channel. Now, while you want to avoid that micromanaging, you want to make sure that your person knows that you've got that door open and they're free to come to you after they've tried to figure it out for themselves. I always had uh, some of my managers ask, what would Tyler do? And I started this because I kept getting phone calls in the middle of the night, you know, I ran a late night restaurant and it was just questions that they could have figured out if they would have just stopped and think, stopped and thought about it. Now, they knew if they couldn't figure it out, then they could really call me. And at that point, I knew when I got a phone call, it was, there was a real problem and they really needed my help. And that, it, it led to some freedom. And freedom is always good with people that you trust. And it increased the morale highly. So, you know, you've got to have some way to communicate. Um, I would suggest maybe stopping in about halfway through the delegated tasks and, hey, I just want to check on you. How's everything going? You got any questions? Cool. You're doing great. Keep it up. Boom. Sixth tip, allow for failure. <laughs> I've said this many times. They're going to make mistakes. Um, in fact, the best way that we as humans learn is making mistakes and learning from them. I have a motto that I only make the same mistake once, and I live by that motto. I'm not afraid to make mistakes. I am deathly afraid of making them twice because that means I learn nothing out of that painful, typically very difficult situation. And it's important to preface this to your people because they want to do really good work for you. They want to impress you. They want to be perfect because they see you and you've probably been doing this for 10, 15, 20 years you know how to do this in your sleep. I mean, there's a certain point where some of these mundane admin tasks just become part of the daily routine, right? You've got to remind them that you've been doing this for a very long time. And you still make mistakes. It's fine. Seven, be patient. Please be patient. Many managers falter on this. 
they expect them to get it done in the same exact amount of time. But again, remember, they haven't been doing this for as long as you have. So you may be tempted to refrain from delegating certain tasks because you know you can get them done faster. But what does that solve? You're just going to be stuck. The employee is going to be stuck. And then eventually they're going to realize they're stuck and they're going to leave you. That's not what you want. Delegate your tasks. Be patient. Allow them extra time. Now, as you continue to delegate these and your employees become more familiar with that task, you'll notice that work is going to get done faster and they may end up being faster than you. I've had that happen so many times. Tip eight, deliver and ask for feedback. At the end of the task, sit down with your person. Explain the things they did really, really well in detail. Give a why, exact detail. Don't just say, hey, you did great on this. No, hey, you did a really good job walking through and being very detailed about where everything was placed. And you did a really good job asking questions along the way. Now, some things I would work on for next time maybe would be to start in the front instead of that. Boom. And then once you deliver your feedback, ask. How did, what did you think of the process? Do you have any ideas on how we can make it more efficient? Again, another teachable moment, folks. You're going to give them some freedom to input their thoughts. It's going to make them feel more important because their pe your people are important. It's going to make them feel more important. It's going to make them feel more part of the process and part of the team. And it's going to increase their buy-in and it's going to decrease your turnover. Last tip, y'all. Give credit where it's due. After you've delegated a task and they've seen it through to completion, credit them. Recognizing that success is because of your team is not only right, but it has the added benefit of making those around you more engaged. And in turn, it makes you look really good to your higher-ups and it makes you even more successful. And yes, even if you get a pat on your back from your boss and you say, hey, actually, Laura did the inventory. Uh, I delegated to her and she did a fantastic job and now she's taking that over as responsibility. I guarantee 99% of the time your boss is going to give you another pat on your back because you displayed true leadership. And I think this is where many, especially new GMs coming into the field, they think, okay, I'm required to work 55, 60, 70, 80 hours a week just to get this job done and then I'll be a good little boy. That's not what your bosses want to see. If you work for a boss that expects you to be a cook in position as part of your normal routine, you're part of the wrong company, pal. I want nothing more than to see my general managers delegating tasks and freeing up their time so we can go increase community involvement, Maybe do some local store marketing. Help other restaurants that are struggling. I mean, there's so many more things we could do with a high-performing GM than just having them run a single restaurant. And again, it ties into being part of that growth culture. You know, developing them because they probably don't want to be a GM forever. Give them a taste of the area life. You know, get them part of your projects. It's going to make your life easier as well as an area leader. So those are the nine tips, y'all. Um, let's talk a little bit about owning honing these delegation skills, and then we'll get off here. It's running kind of late. 
I try to keep my episodes around 20 minutes or so, but um, delegating isn't easy. It, it is a skill that has to be practiced and owned over time. The better you become at aligning the right people with the right tasks and responsibilities, the more effective you will become at your job as a manager. And again, the only way you're going to get better at these guys is delegating, doing the task doing the skill. And that's all I got for you today. Thank y'all. That's all the time we've got for today. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to this podcast. Uh, Here, we do try to create high-performing managers and leaders who then create high-performing teams for your profitable restaurants. If you have uh, any tips or anything you'd like to hear, just leave a comment uh, to this podcast. Review it, please. Let me know how I'm doing. Um, I'm doing this purely for informational uh, purposes. I don't get any money from these episodes. And uh, if you'd like to be on this podcast, I'd love to interview you. Just shoot me an email at T-H-A-I-L-U-R-K at gmail.com. That's Tyler K at gmail.com. Thank you, folks. Have a beautiful day, and I look forward to the next one.